Today, I want to share from this passage from Acts 20 and verse 17 to 38. So can I just ask uh, Daph to just uh, read the passage and then we'll get into uh, studying and looking into the passage. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then, they accompanied him to the ship. Okay, thank this you. Yeah. Thank you, Daph. 
Let's just pray. Father, we want to thank you for your precious word. These are not just words or letters, but Lord, uh, your spirit has breathed, Lord, through it, and it brings life to us. Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal yourself. We, we draw closer to you. We experience your power and your transformation through your word. We are privileged as your people, Lord, to read your word. And Lord, make an attempt to understand your word, Lord. And Lord, by your grace, Lord, Lord, uh, that we would live according to your word, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, I've just uh, titled uh, today's message as Paul and the Gospel. And uh, we want to mainly look at like Paul's life uh, in what is displayed in this particular passage and learn uh, and see what is God speaking to us. Now, I know that like uh, many of us like would, would have had people who've really uh, left a deep impression in our lives. And today's Father's Day, for many of us, maybe uh, our fathers would have left a deep impression upon our lives. Uh, I'll also talk about my father a little bit later. Uh, but in my life also, as I uh, look back, there is one person who kind of like, has left a deep impression in my life. I uh, went to Pune for my studies. I was there for about four years. That was the place, you know, generally when you're away from home and uh, you're trying to figure things out and you're all lost alone. And many times like God steps in and when, when you want to hold on to something, know more about yourself and life, God steps in. And uh, that was a place where I received the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was part of a very good church uh, over there. And uh, my mentor, my pastor, uh, he left a deep uh, impression upon my life. I still remember being part of the church and you know, going to the college. Uh, I went to his place one day uh, and I told him, uh, Reuben, you know, I think I know the person uh, with whom I need to get married to, okay, so I'm in my college, like, you know, and uh, uh, so he he is he was quite curious, and he said, like, so tell me more about this, like, so he, so I told him I I've seen this girl, and uh, you know, and a number of times uh, I've passed by her, and uh, you know, I've seen her like we've crossed one another, I've seen her uh, in the canteen. And uh, I've seen her in the city where I'd just been. I'd, I think these are not just coincidences. Uh, I think God is confirming some things. Like, I think this is a confirmation. And so he uh, listened very patiently to me and said, Joe, I think this is not confirmation. This is infatuation. Like, you know, so, uh, no, because when he kind of like, you know, inquired about what I knew and all that. You know, I, so uh, he just plainly told me what was the truth. And, uh, you know, that was important for me. You know? So now, uh, you know, years later, when I said yes to my wife, Sunita, 
you know i have to be doubly sure it was not infatuation but you know god was speaking god was leading and so i mean all those inputs were very very crucial i still remember you know uh, the last month that i was leaving uh, pune to come back to bombay and he sat down and we had a chat together and he said joe you're going back to your hometown uh, you know and uh, you need to make a decision about church where will you fellowship that's very crucial that's very important either you need to walk in the white or you need to walk in the black and he said what he was saying was that like either you need to be part of a good you know bible believing gospel focused church or you know you can do what you want with your life basically he was telling me you know live your life according to god's will completely or live your life according to your will don't walk in the gray either walk in the white or in the black don't walk in the gray don't just be part of you know any church where where your faith is just a religion and it's just a ritual don't do that that those words are very important and I, when i came back here i made a decision to be part of a good bible believing new testament church and you know that has changed my life i remember uh, when we came here and when we were still about to make a decision as to you know which church to be part of and we were all part of a, a bible study group like a like the gap group that we have in uh, ncc and uh, we were we were still part of our own churches not yet made a decision and he came and we had a time with him and he said that in order for y'all we were all kind of a group of friends believers uh, believing in the lord jesus christ and he said in order for us for y'all to grow either you become the church or you join a church there are only two things that you can do right? either you become a church or you join a church now we prayed about it and we knew that we couldn't kind of like you know be a church and we many of us decided to be part of a church so those were all very crucial times where he stepped in and in a sense like all those situations were life changing like you no know, for me and for some of us what we see over here is in the life of paul you know the people at ephesus had a life changing experience with apostle paul it was paul's third missionary journey okay and he has spent about 3 years in ephesus being with the people over there uh, and this is what in verse 18 it says when they came to him he said you know how i lived the whole time i was with you from the first day i arrived in the province of asia so paul had been there they had seen his life and he had left a, a he was leaving a deep impression upon all of their lives so we want to look today at the life of paul you know and uh, uh, the life of paul that was dramatically changed by the power of the holy spirit uh, when he met with god and uh, how the gospel changed paul's life in many ways and we want to look at some aspects you know of how the gospel had changed his life you know you know what did it make paul to be as a result of you know engaging you know with the message of the cross 
the first aspect that we see in the life of Paul was that he was a herald of the gospel. You know, uh, the, the message of the cross had so powerfully touched him and changed him that he became a herald of the gospel. And as we look at Paul's life and some of these aspects, you know, we want to you know, look at our lives also. There's the same power that touched and changed Paul's life is able to touch and change our lives in many, many different ways. You know? And as we see the gospel changing his life, in similar ways the gospel can change our life also. He had become a herald of the gospel. It says, uh, he says in 20 and 21, I did not shrink back from declaring anything that was helpful to you as I taught you publicly from house to house testifying to Jews and Greeks alike about the repentance to God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 27 says, For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole will of God. What an amazing thing. From the time that the Lord Jesus Christ had opened his eyes physically and spiritually, he was on a mission for God. To open the spiritual eyes of people that God would lead him to. And he gave his life towards that purpose. Acts 9, if you see, uh, as soon as he was baptized, you know, in water, he spent time with the disciples. He went to the synagogues and started teaching over there that Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who was once persecuting he was now proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. That was the anointing and the grace that was given to him. This was a spiritual gift and his heart beat also. If we just look at you know, 2 Timothy and verse chapter 1 and verse 11, you know, he says that of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. It says in Romans 15, 20, it has it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. What an amazing thing we see in Paul's life. And not only was he touched and transformed, but he was, you know, the gospel had you know, powerfully changed him to become an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ambassador, you know, of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was seeing fruit. He, even in Ephesus, you know, he was seeing fruit to the extent that, you know, there were riots that were, that were being caused because lives were being changed and they didn't want to stick on to their old profession, but they wanted to follow the living God. There were riots over there. And so you see fruit over there in his preaching, just not just empty preaching. You see signs and wonders following his preaching. And so, you know, the gospel had changed him and made him a herald. And so, we want to look at our lives, you know. I want to ask myself, am I just, you know, receiving the gospel and, you know, allowing the gospel to come in and touch me? Or am I also allowing the gospel to flow out of me to touch lives and people and communities around me. So that's the thing that we need to ask ourselves. Am I just keeping it to myself? Is it just remaining in me? 
or is it just is it also flowing out of me like the weight is flowing out of Paul's life that's what God would want from us also the gospel to flow through us what we see in Paul's life also and in his preaching was that it was incarnational it was not just he was bringing a message no he was living the message in the midst of the people they could see the message through his life and so god calls us to live this gospel in an incarnational way so that it impacts lives of people around us people see christ in our lives many times god gives us those opportunities i'm thinking uh uh you know before the pandemic i was part of uh this gym that is there close by and i would visit that uh, regularly and connect to people over there uh and when the pandemic hit i was keeping in touch with some of the people uh, i'm in close touch with a trainer over there and in one of the conversations that joe i've not got my salary for 3 months gyms have been closed and so at the end of that conversation i just prayed with him and the next time that i had a conversation with him he said joe you won't believe this i've got my 3 months salary you know that's been released <laughs> and so just thinking lord help us you know to be an instrument of your grace and your power your kindness and compassion i've experienced it lord i need your grace to just allow this this message and this grace to flow through me into the lives of people uh, we see that paul's preaching was proclamational also it is not only in this life that was seen he proclaimed the truth he shared the gospel he did not mince words at all it was proclamational and so that is also important like we believe that it's not only you know shown through our lives but to proclaim that he's the way the truth and the life it has changed my life from darkness to light and and to be proclamational is also important i remember the few months back this year itself like uh, we were in our youth service and we finished the youth service sunita and myself and then uh, you know one of the girls who were part of the youth service uh, she asked us to pray because she was unwell and there were a lot of side effects that she was having uh, because of the medicines that she was taking and we prayed for uh, her and as we were just praying we also just felt i think we need to give her an invitation to receive christ who not only deals with sickness but but deals with sin which removes all the consequences of sin of his sickness is you know part of that right now so it's not only about dealing with sickness but we need to deal with sin so that uh, sickness which is a consequence of sin is also dealt with and so at the end of that prayer for healing we asked her would you like to receive christ who deals with sin and she said i've never made that decision you know uh so how do we do that and so so we explained to her and we said uh, can we lead you into uh, a time of prayer and she said yes i want to receive christ and begin a relationship with 
and we were so glad in a sense like uh, you know all of us god has created to know the truth to walk in the truth and to experience his joy and forgiveness and freedom and god has called us to be ambassadors of this message and so that's what paul's preaching was about paul's preaching was also transformational you know so just looking at this aspect of he was a herald of the gospel so it transformed society and so so god has called us together as a community and as people to make an impact where we are yes we are called to gather together on sundays worship the lord listen to the word but the impact you know of all that we do should be seen outside our meeting place it should be seen uh, outside uh we here stay in a uh, in a 110 year old uh, church structure called the bombay baptist church and uh, so for many years it's been there uh, one of the things that we do over here is running a school and that school has been a a blessing over the years i think for many years maybe for three or four decades um so uh, many times like when we want to order food now like you know you can you 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 can't like visit so often the restaurant so when many times when you do order food from swiggy or uh from zomato uh then like uh, when you tell them like this is the place you need to deliver so we say bombay baptist church they said what bombay baptist church what, what where is that so we tell them do you know new alpha academy that's a school we said oh alpha academy yeah, yeah yeah so we said we are in the same place so i would feel bad people don't know the church but people only know the school later on i said fine that's it's a blessing in a sense what we do in the church is not important in that sense like yes like we gather together worship celebrate god's presence but a result of that as a result of that it should bless the community that's more important so if they know the school praise god and i was thinking lord we don't want just want us to be just a landmark okay you to go somewhere this is next to the bombay baptist church no we don't want just to be a landmark where we have marked a piece of land but help us to be a life mark where we leave a mark an impression in the lives of people that's more important you know than just being a landmark and i think like that should be our prayer also paul was an amazing person he was herald of the gospel secondly we see that paul was a warrior he is a one who persevered in the midst of trials and persecution and opposition and violence never looked back yet a warrior spirit is he says it says in verse 19 i served the lord with great humility and with tears especially in the trials that came upon me through the plots of the jews was 22 and 23 says and now compelled by the spirit i'm going to jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there i only know that in town after town the holy spirit warns me that chains and afflictions await me paul had a warrior spirit he was he knew that as god had called him god would give him grace to fight those spiritual battles and he was ready for those 
battles. He knew that he was always in a war zone. And so we also realize that many times we are in a war zone. The only difference is that our battle and our weapons are spiritual. And he also realized uh, that. Sometime back when I was reading the book of Esther, uh, you know, I was wondering, Lord, your people are always in a minority and they're struggling, uh, you know, they're on the verge of annihilation, uh, you know. And so why is that so? They're always in a state of conflict, your people. They have no strategy, no weapons other than just to cry out at your feet and and seek you for their deliverance. And and I was thinking, Lord, your people are always a minority. Why can't we be a majority? And I was thinking as, as we look at scripture and as we look at God's word, we realize that in God's kingdom, the kingdom of God is not about majority. It's about peculiarity. Who we are and who we belong to. And it's not about, the, about us. It's about the God that we belong to and what he wants uh, us to accomplish through him. Because Jesus always spoke about the mustard seed. Small as it is, grows up to become big. Jesus spoke about the east, small as it is, but you know, works through the door in the night and impacts the whole door. So we are a peculiar people, but a powerful and a potential people because the resurrection power of Jesus works in us and through us in the situations, in the communities, and in the people around us. The one, the one who died on the cross for us, defeated sin and sickness and death and rose again on the third day. That same power works in us and we have put our faith in him. And so God gives us grace to have that warrior spirit. And we see many times that, you know, though we may face opposition and trials, and persecutions, many times God, you know, uses the schemes of the enemy you know, to bring a loss upon themselves. He uses the very schemes to destroy the forces of darkness and prosper the kingdom of God. Paul had a warrior spirit. He was always prepared. He was always alert. He was always ready. He knew that it was not going to be an easy walk. Just as Anand was saying, uh, you know, about having couples going to different places. Uh, and so I know that, you know, even for Anand Ajita, you know, these years that have been, it's not been easy. And church planting is not easy. It is a warfare, but we see the grace of God upon our lives. I know that in, in November 2018, uh, we sent a couple to Delhi. We have one church in Delhi, but we wanted to have another church in another place in uh, Delhi. And so this couple went over there. Uh, till that time, like uh, the husband Rakesh was working over here. And so this is the first time they were leaving, in, in a sense, their hometown, their family, and going to a new place. And uh, 
So he was out looking for a job and then trying to see how to plant a church. But, you know, he tried for months and months together. There's no opening in terms of work coming through his way at all. And months were going by. And here he is in a new place, out to serve God, see how a church clan can be planted. Wife is expecting and no job at all uh, in sight. One of the days he called me and said, Joe, uh, I come from a business family. I've been working since the age of 17. And now to be in a new place, to know that I'm called by God, but I don't see any answer in that sense of a job. And so later on, like he got a call from a company and they said that like, you know, if you want to take the job, you know, you need to come to the U.S., to the States uh, to attend a training. He applied for the visa, but his visa was rejected. So sometimes we don't understand what's happening. But then like this company came down to Delhi, took his training and then gave him the offer letter. But by the time he could join the company, it was seven months. It took them about seven months to get a job, you know, uh, and, you know, to see that his wife was expecting. But this company, before they gave the offer letter, three months before that, they decided to give him a stipend, okay, which has never happened in their com- company. And for their family also, they've never seen that happen. They saw the grace of God. This April, they finished about two and a half years. Now, a small team has been set aside. They should have begun their first service by the end of April, but because of the pandemic, they've not yet begun. But as soon as things open up, like they would start their first service. And so when we just look back at all these stories, we see the hand of God, the grace of God, but God gives us grace to persevere and to have that warrior spirit. And that's what we see in the life of Paul. The third aspect. So Paul, we see a herald of the gospel. We see a warrior spirit in him. And he was also a shepherd. He was also a shepherd. We see a shepherd's heart uh, in Paul. We see over here, Acts 20, uh, 28 to 23, it says, uh, keep watch over yourselves and the entire flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will rise up and distort the truth and draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be alert and remember that for three years, I've never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. What an amazing heart. Even as he's encouraging and entrusting the work that has happened there to the leaders there and, and, and uh, uh, nudging them to be good shepherds, they've already seen the model of a shepherd from his own, from his life, from Paul's life, leading the lost into greener pastures, you know, uh, uh, nurturing newborn babes. And that's what, that is what Paul was doing over there, appointing under shepherds to look after people, you know, taking care of them. And so we see many times when we look at Paul's journeys, like he will take a certain route. And though it would have been you know, easier for him to come back home through another route, but he will come back the same way 
that he started the route because he'll visit the same places again and again to see how is God's work going on, how is how are God's people doing, you know, encouraging. And then we see Paul's shepherd heart through the many letters, pastoral letters that he's writing to the people over there, the churches over there. One of the qualities of a good shepherd is to see that there are no casualties. Because even sometimes one casualty can be a huge discouragement to the whole camp. And so that's one of the uh, responsibilities of a shepherd. We see when Moses asks for a successor, he asks for a good shepherd. When Moses is asking for a a good leader who would come after him, Moses saying, telling God, Lord, give me a man who has a shepherd's heart. Moses said to the Lord, may, this is Numbers 27, 15 to 17, may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them and the one who will lead them out and bring them in so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. It's interesting to see some of these aspects. Someone who will go out a shepherd you know, who will not only just uh, you know, look after the people in their present times, but is also you know, wanting to go out and lead them into the future, into greener pastures. A shepherd who then comes back, not that he found some you know, green pasture and then like he is lost in that, like, but he finds you know, good places and comes back. To his people. So the people have a sense of security that we're going somewhere and we're being led somewhere. That's what we see in Paul's heart. And then to lead them out to those places. Shepherds in those days would lead people from the front. I think the shepherds that we see here, maybe in India, they lead people from the back. I remember one of the days. Many years back, like there was a uh, there's a person from from Canada who was coming here, and he was supposed to take a uh, take a seminar. And the first time he was arriving in Mumbai, in India, so he was you know shocked seeing the crowd, and uh, he was brought in a vehicle. He was shocked to see the distance between the vehicles, and, and so so he was brought here to the church, and he was having a chat uh, with my. A senior pastor and so just horrified by this travel itself uh, so he asked my senior pastor do you drive so my senior pastor looked at him and said I don't drive I lead people so, so sometimes I mean like shepherds I mean in our uh, situation over here that we see there at the back, but there it is leading people from the front and then to bring them in, like, you know, to lead them out and then to bring them in, to take them out and again to bring them back to a place of safety. And so I just want to say that uh, we see the heart of Jesus through the heart of Paul, through the life of Paul. He understood who the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ is. And and, and I want to say that like, you know, in these situations that we are living in the midst of the pandemic, God calls us 
to have a shepherd's heart. That we will not just look into our own interests, but for the interests of others. That we would care for people, reach out to people, and give them a sense of security, direction, hope. Because we carry the heart of the chief shepherd in us. Only he can give us the grace because in in the natural sense, in the natural sense, we all tend to be self-protective, self-providing, self-caring. But when we see the life of Jesus and the heart of Jesus, we see all these aspects to step out of heaven, to come in and stay in the midst of us and to lead us out and, and win the victory over sin for us, conquer sin and death for us. And bring us as a people into his eternal home forever and ever. We see that in Christ. And in Christ is a grace that is given to us. That is what we see in the heart of Paul also. John 12, 24. The verse is not there. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will not bear fruit. And so for us to live that life, there is a dying that is necessary. And that grace is available for us in Christ Jesus. We see that in the life of uh, Paul over here. And lastly, we see that he was a worker. He was a worker. The gospel had amazingly touched the life of Paul, making him a herald of the gospel anointing him with a warrior spirit that never looked back even in the midst of opposition and hostility. The gospel had also changed him to be a shepherd, to care, to lay down his life for people because that's what he saw in Christ, done for himself. And lastly, we see Paul as a worker. He says, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourself know these hands of mine have ministered to my own needs and those of my companions in everything. I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to uh, receive. He was an amazing worker. Though he could have... Uh, you know, receive the gifts from the people he chose not to. And, you know, it was a joy for him to work and serve the Lord. And he, you know, the gospel had made him a joyful worker. And that's the grace that we have in Christ. In the natural sense, work can become a burden, a pain, Sometimes a key joy, we don't look forward uh, to our Mondays many times, but in Christ, you know, where when he said, it is finished, it is done, the, the pain and the curse that work was, that work became, he took it upon the cross and we have grace in him so that when we work, we find the joy of the Lord. We have grace in him. And so he was an amazing worker not depending on anyone. 
he found joy in his work. As I was just thinking about this, I was thinking that whenever I've come to NCC uh, in the days that, uh, you know, where we would meet together for fellowship, sometimes I think like we need to now refer to it as those days when we met together. You no, know, seems like too long, like, you know, that we're, but whenever we've come, we've come many times like half an hour before, but I think there are people like one hour before the service serving over there, joyfully putting things up, setting things up. And at the end of the service, waiting there, you know, to wind up, to clear up. And so what we see in them is the joy to serve, not because they are paid, but there is a joy to serve and to be a blessing and to give. The same heart that we see in the life of Paul. Actually, like Paul says, uh, when he writes to Titus, he says, Titus 2, verse 9 to 10, teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. And so what Paul is saying is that like, when we live as people who enjoy our work, we make Jesus attractive to people around us. We're drawing people uh, to Jesus. Okay. So those are the four aspects that we see in the life of Paul. As I just close, like, I want to just say that, you know, when people are very close to us, I mean, and when they visit home, uh, there are sometimes like we can say bye to them from the door. Uh, sometimes then we can go to the window and look out and, and say, wave to them. But when people are really close to us, you know, then we step out of our homes and go down to be with them. And there are hugs before they leave. You know? And then, in a sense, there's a painful parting. What we see over here, you know, through the life of Paul, you know, his engagement with the people over there, there's a painful parting. And as we celebrate Father's Day, we see a father's heart over here displayed through the life of Paul. He was a father to them in the gospel. And so uh, what we see is these four aspects as we just close. Here we see in Paul a loving father, a loving father who's a herald of the gospel, declaring truth to people, is a warrior fighting battles for people, not letting go, seeing the kingdom of God in the lives of people and in places. He's a, he's a faithful shepherd, carrying people in their hearts and a worker, modeling faith uh, to the people. So uh, as we just close, you know, maybe ask God to give us grace uh, to experience some of these aspects in Christ in our lives. God bless.